This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. If you love having or hosting dinner around the table with loved ones, you might want to be careful with who else you've made room for at the table. Welcome back to another episode of We're Going There. Every Thursday, I'm able to upload a brand new spanking episode, and that's thanks to producer Madi, and we just want to say thank you. For those who have subscribed to the show or left loving reviews, I just want to say thank you. Podcast listener RageFace85 left a review and said, I'm addicted to this truth in love. So thanks for the transparency and encouragement. I've listened to all the episodes, and I keep coming back for more. Well, RageFace85, I'm glad you keep coming back for more. And more is what we're serving at the table today. Pull up a chair, podcast friends. We are about to have a meal served to us by Pastor Louis Giglio. I have to keep it real and let you know that I'm so humbled to have hosted Louis on the show today because I'm not sure if he remembers, but around seven years ago, Matt and I were at a large group dinner in California and Pastor Louis and Shelley were in attendance. We just so happened, or shall we say coincidentally, sovereignly, we just so happened to sit next to Pastor Louis and Shelley. He was on vacation. And so he had a full-on grown-out beard and flat bill hat and a surf brand t-shirt. So he looked very Californian. In fact, he looked like a Californian native. His humility, though I have to pause and just say his history proves that that's not needed, but it was his humility that was so disarming. Over Italian food in some seedy small restaurant in Orange County, I listened to a man who was built an empire and only wanted to talk about one thing, the goodness of God. In today's conversation, he's still talking about God, but it's around the idea of breaking free from the chains of negative thinking and experience true freedom from unhealthy thoughts and emotions. Like the good shepherd and pastor Louis is, he's rooting this conversation out of Psalm 23. Yes, as in, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Yeah, sound familiar? Mm -hmm. Psalm 23 is one of the most recognizable chapters in the entire Bible. We might've heard it at Sunday school or have it read at funerals. It might even be on your local church decor as you walk in. Even those who do not attend church are most likely to have heard this psalm at some point before. When verses and chapters become familiar, we tend not to pay close attention to them. When we see it in our Bibles, it can be tempting to think, oh, I know what that says already. Why read it again? The Bible never changes, but it always changes something in us when we read it. The Word of God has something new to teach us, even if it's from a familiar passage. Like Psalm 23, 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. This is poetry. This is song. It's colorful and alive. But can we geek out for a second? More than just the prose, the word choice prepare that's used in verse five. In, in Hebrew, it's normally translated to set in order. Think of it like a waiter setting a table. So our good shepherd will set a table before us with bountiful blessings, even better than the Italian meal we got to enjoy with Pastor Louis. And David includes a word here that I don't want us to ignore. Enemies. In our conversation, Pastor Louis warns us that the enemy is constantly seeking to fill our mind with destructive and harmful thoughts, whether it's fear, worry, insecurity, anxiety, temptation, envy, the list goes on. It's all too easy for Satan to manipulate his way into having a seat at the table intended for only you and Jesus. And he's trying to make himself home in your mind. It's an ongoing battle, but you can win. 
In today's episode, best-selling author and pastor Louis Giglio shares practical ways to overcome the enemy's lies and instead find peace and security in any challenging circumstance or situation. By drawing on Psalm 23 as a framework, Pastor Louis offers biblical insight on everything from canceling the lies that will wreck our life, taking empowering steps to live fully alive in Christ, and restore the peace and rest in our life. Before we welcome Pastor Louis on the show, let's thank our sponsors. Pastor Louis, thank you so much for being on the show. I am so thrilled to be here. Thanks so much for making space for me. Okay. Well, anyone who knows you, it's basically you making a space for me. And I'm so grateful for you. I know life is bananas for you and Shelly. But for those that don't know kind of what you've been up to in the last couple of months, talk to us about church. Talk to us a little bit about what's going on and uh, give us a, an update. 30,000 foot view of where you've been at and what you've been doing. Well, like you guys, we've been navigating the unknown and that's been crazy. You know, it's one thing to do something hard, but you know what it is and you know how to do it. You just know it's going to be challenging. This last season, it was hard, but no one had ever done it before. So it was daily waking up and trying to figure out how to lead and live well every single day. We pastor a local church in Atlanta, Georgia. We have a location in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. We lead gatherings for 18 to 25-year-olds um, that are on pretty large-scale, stadium-sized events. And, and we've been trying to serve the needs of our community and meet the needs of people, real tangible needs that people have had, and the mm-hmm. spiritual, mental, emotional, and um, physical needs that people have had during this season. So Wow. That's what we've been up to. <laughs> so you have been grace, busy. You've been very busy. God, you know, we're coming out on the other side though. And that's what a leader does. A leader elevates. And whether you feel like it or not, part of leadership is elevating. It's rising above. Yeah. And when you rise above, you try to cast vision and help people see the other side, whether it's the other side of a diagnosis or the other side of a relational challenge or the mm. other side of an economic situation or of a pandemic and you keep saying hey there's another side over here and by god's grace we're standing on the other side now it's not easy and we got to figure out what to do now on the other side but isn't it amazing that we're on the other side and i, know I love a lot it of the world isn't on the other side right? yet and we're mindful of that but you and i are sitting here talking today Mostly in my right mind. I think you're 100% in your right mind. <laughs> it was questionable before uh, the <laughs> pandemic. So like, I'm just grateful to be here. <laughs> hey, uh, so much of what you guys produce, whether it's music, whether it's preaching, teaching conferences, like Passion Conference, you are always so passionate about resourcing people. And one of my favorite things that you've been speaking with such clairvoyance on is the power of our mind and the battle that wages in our mind and in our brain. You have nine words that you stated can change your life. So much of this has affected me. And I want you to share those nine words and give me some context about who gave you those nine words and how it impacted your life. The short postage stamps size story. I was in a place where I wanted someone to commiserate. And what that means is (laughs) something had happened. I had been vindicated And I wanted to share that news with someone who'd walked through the story with me. So the text went something like this. I'm assuming everyone listening has written a message or started a phone call like this. You're not going to believe what happened today. (laughs) And so I went and poured all my woes out to a friend who I thought would celebrate with me. Louie, you're such a good guy. 
And fortunately, they didn't do that. I was ready for the big, you know, text coming back, big hug through the text, and I got nine words. I was so frustrated at first because I thought, surely the next text is going to say, oops, I hit send too fast. Here's the rest of the message. But there was no more message. I focused on the words, and the words said, don't give the enemy a seat at your table. Mm. And we're talking about the capital E enemy. Jesus said that there's an adversary, that we're not living in a neutral zone. God is for us, but he said there's an enemy who's against us. Mm -hmm. And that enemy had gotten a seat at my table. And when I say my table, I mean my mind. He was in my thinking. He was influencing my thoughts and my attitudes and my feelings and then my emotions and then my actions. And so for months through this hard season, I'd had all this pent up bitterness and frustration and angst and fear and, and control. And you know how when you have the imaginary conversations with everyone in your mind and I'm so you good at that. every conversation, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you, you win every argument, you, your point is the one that rises to the top. And I'd been through months of that. And then all of a sudden, in a heartbeat, those nine words just cut through the clutter. Wow. And I realized I'm acting like an orphan mm. and I'm the son of a king. And I have let my adversary have a seat at the table, and I'm talking to someone who wants to destroy my life. And I was standing at the top of my driveway, Bianca, and I decided right then and there, I'm taking back my table. I'm taking back mm. my mind, and I'm going to let God decide the conversation that happens at this table. And it, it literally did change my life. And those nine words worked their way into my life every single week. And it's been years now since that happened, but it's still a, a part of my vernacular. So uh, you have this quote in your book, the enemy has taken a seat at my table and I was allowing myself to listen to a killer. Now, the thing that I love about that phrase is, you know, one of even our values at our church, uh, the father's house is everyone has a seat at the table. And in theory, it's fabulous. But I think that you really opened my eyes to say, wait a minute, I have to do inventory of who's at the table. And I, oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I just say, I think that, you know, a, the, I've gotten the question a lot when the book came out, people were like, I thought Jesus said, you're supposed to love your enemies and bless those who curse you. And those are your little E enemies. And even in the oh, little E enemies, we do want to love them, extend grace, mercy, forgiveness. And we do want to invite them into the story of God. But in some cases we need to set boundaries, even with the small E enemies, if you're in a dangerous situation, you don't need to just keep saying, well, I'm just going to keep staying in the situation and I'm just going to love you and forgive you. But we're talking about the difference between a big E, the enemy, the thief who comes to steal, kill and destroy. You're talking about people in the community and saying, hey, no matter what your background, your story, you're welcome into this gospel of grace, yeah. this truth that is the person of Jesus Christ. But even with that, if we're going to win the battle of our mind, we do have to take stock of who we let physically sit around our table. Because if a lot, a lot of people wouldn't have sent me the nine word text. They would have <laughs> put their arm around me, commiserated with me, made me feel better about me. And that's not what I needed that day. I needed a wake up call that day. Right. And I needed to take back my table. I love that. I love that. Okay. So you are a profound communicator, teacher, preacher. I mean, you love the gospel. It oozes out of your pores and uh, you have a message that you taught at church uh, entitled, don't 
don't give the enemy a seat at your table. And it has been already downloaded over half a million times just on YouTube alone. Clearly this is resonating with people. And I love Psalm 23. I've taught at a Psalm 23. I love it. I've memorized it. But Pastor Louis, when you broke it down, brother, you, you gave me eyes to see that I didn't even know that I had. So talk to me about this particular chapter in this text and what kind of like gave you the language for not allowing the enemy to have a seat at our table. Because somebody gave you that text, but then you had to wrap around some theology around it. That's, that's what good teachers and preachers do. So go on, brother, go on, break it down for us. Hi friends, if you're into podcasts, I can't wait to tell you and introduce you to my personal friend, Annie F. Downs. And if you know Annie, you know she loves to have fun. From new books, faith conversations, restaurants, travel, and pretty much anything that she has fun, you're gonna hear about it. It's less like a podcast and more like Coffee with Friends, except it features her favorite things with her favorite people. Episodes now air Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. You can check it out on Anchor or anywhere that you download your podcast. You know, it's not worth writing a book about a text you got from a friend. What's worth <laughs> writing about is the text that we got oh. from heaven. Oh, come on. And so eventually I had to leap from this friend's text to the text, which mm. is the, the breath on a page that come is the on. word of God. And it led me to Psalm 23. And for me, like you, I've known this Psalm my entire life. It's been a part of my story as long as I can remember. But sometimes Psalm 23 can get mothballed. And by that, I mean, it can get framed in the cross stitch on, on the wall behind grandma's dining room table. <laughs> it's a bookmark with a little shepherd and a crook. It, it's, it's a nice sentiment, but it's not going to change anything. Yeah. And when I was a kid growing up at church, we had a picture of Jesus in the Sunday school classroom, by the way. Olin Mills photograph quality <laughs> of this very nice manicured, uh, perfectly clean, pressed robe Jesus with a little lamb on his shoulder and his little shepherd crook in one hand. And in 13 years old, they're like, that's your guy. And at 13, that's your guy. But at 33, when your life falls apart, your mm -hmm. wife walks out the door, your marriage is on the rocks, you're, you know, you're an inch away from collapse and disaster, that guy's not your guy. You need somebody that's grittier, who has more power, more authority, more care, more tenderness in his eyes, more compassion, and more ability to take hold of your situation and bring you through. And that's who Psalm 23 is about. It is about a shepherd who's got biceps and forearms <laughs> and who is a caring heart, but who has a tough exterior and who will protect yes. the sheep at all costs. And that's who David is inviting us into a relationship with. And he says, the craziest thing about it is he prepares a table before us. In other words, there's always going to be plenty. There's always going to be a feast. There's always going to be provision. And he's always going to be there with us. But here's where, in the middle of the conflict, in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the diagnosis, in the middle of the difficulty, when we are getting shot at from every side, he said, I want to put the table right there because I want people to know that you're going to be taken care of, but I want them to know that I'm big enough to take care of you. So we're going to put this right in the middle of the storm and I'm going to provide for you. Super quick story. This is changing my life. A few months later, I'm teaching a Bible study for some coaches of a sports team. They're in a terrible season. Uh, there's a lot of animosity and tension in the room. I'm supposed to be teaching on Hebrew, so I do that, but it's not going very well. And toward the <laughs> end of my short little 20 minute devotional with these coaches, I say, you know what, guys, 
God's really been saying this to me lately, and I want to say it to you. Don't give the enemy a seat at your table, and bam, the atmosphere in the room instantly changed. I, I was stunned by how powerful the words were in their hearts, same way they were in mine. So I'm coming back to Atlanta, and I call our team. It's an all-team meeting that day. I say, put a table in the middle of the all-team meeting. Put some snacks on it. I don't care what. Put two chairs there. I want to show people this. And I did two hours later in all team and bam, it landed again. Mm -hmm. I said, we're doing this Sunday. So we amped it up a little bit and did the talk the Sunday following bam, the nine words hit the whole church. And then I started carrying the message around the world. I've given this message almost on every continent and it lands every single time. So here we are. The third time I did it at our church was a few weeks ago. And I don't know, a lot of people have seen it on YouTube. So the message is reverberating. The yes. season is now. People yes. know I'm losing my mind. <laughs> and they want to know that God is able to help me take back my thoughts. That's so good. That's so good. You speak about the capital E enemy. And I love the clarification between our, you know, little enemies or haters, whatever. But this capital E enemy is here to still kill and destroy, as Jesus tells John 10, 10. But you also list five lies that the enemy tells us. Can you unpack that a little bit? Because I thought that was genius. Well, people ask, they say, how would I know if the enemy was at my table? He's sneaky, gets there quick. Mm -hmm. He works his way in. He never comes and tells you he's going to you know, tear your head off. He just comes in and says, oh man, you've had a hard day. Uh, people at work don't really take you for, uh, they, they take you for granted. Nobody appreciates you. Your boss is a, is a jerk. And he always works in on the, the weakness side of the equation because you know our flesh wants someone to affirm our weakness <laughs> while God is wanting to pull our weak flesh up into his strength. And the enemy will sneak in and people say, how do I know? And I say, well, I'll tell you how you know. If you've heard one of these lies, you know he's at your table. If you've heard it's better at another table, like maybe I could get another wife and that would be better. The enemy is at your table. <laughs> if you've heard that you're not enough, you're not good enough, smart enough, pretty enough, didn't come from the right school, background, don't have the right training. God doesn't care about you. God doesn't love you. You're not enough. The enemy is at your table because the shepherd at your table said, I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus paid for this table with his life. He booked this table with his blood. He loves you so much that he gave his life to provide this table and invite you to it. If you've heard you're not going to make it, the enemy is at your table. Because your shepherd has never told you one time in your life, I don't know if you're going to make it through today. <laughs> he told you you're going to make it through every day because I am here with you. These are the lies that mm -hmm. the enemy tells us and we buy them so easily that we go to coffee and somebody says, how are you doing? I don't know if I'm going to make it. Where did you hear that? Not from the shepherd. You yeah. must have the enemy sitting at your table. One of the things that I love is that you can take a book of antiquity and make it relevant in modernity. So you took this po poem written about our shepherd. Talk to us about like, for those that are like, well, you know, it's the Old Testament or it's the Bible, you know, the, I, I, like a, I like a text message over the text. Why and how can this book speak to us for the power of what's going on of the waging war in our minds? You know, it's so amazing, Bianca, the, the, the word of God is living. That's the most beautiful description of the scripture by the scripture. <laughs> it's living. 
So we're not talking about ink on a page. It actually is God's breath on a page. It says in scripture about scripture, all scripture is God breathed. And so, yes, he used human hands to write it, but we know that the, the Holy Spirit inspired it. So this is breath on a page. It's, it's like, <sighs> so it's life. And the average person thinks the Bible is ink. They think it's dead. They think it's ancient and they think it's history. But if they pick it up and they start to take it in, they'll realize it's breath and it's life. And you can't, Jesus said it this way. He said, man doesn't live by bread alone. Although you do need some, some good bread occasionally. Hello. I'm going to Hello. For that. <laughs> olive oil from, uh, from my homeland, Sicily. <laughs> but he said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every what? Word, word that proceeds mm -hmm. from the mouth of the Lord. Yeah. So I would just encourage people that this text is, is ancient, but it's, it's been breathing forever mm. <laughs> is what that means. And it's still going to be breathing long after our lives are gone. And if you want breath of God in the now, of course, that comes through Jesus and the Holy Spirit. But daily that comes into our lives as we open up the word of God. So that's the, you can't live without it. It's what I'm yeah. trying to say. It is life. It is breath. It is food. It's how your soul is nourished day by day. Okay. So somebody's listening out there and this just sounds so appetizing. They feel like they can't catch their breath. They feel like the wind in their sails is done. They feel like I'm, I, you know, I, I can't breathe. And this idea and this concept of the, the lies that the enemy tells us, and we're hearing them. What do I do now? If I, I, if I identify, Hey, the enemy does have a seat at the table. I have given him the front seat of the table and he's eating my dang bread. How do we fight off? What's our strategy when the enemy does pull up a seat at the table? What do we do now? Are you looking to make a meaningful lifelong connection with someone who shares your beliefs? If so, you might want to try out Christian Mingle. With over 15 million Christian singles, Christian Mingle is a faith-based dating site. Their ability to help members make quality connections is the thing that sets them apart. They have robust profiles, personalization features that can help you connect with other like-minded members. Plus, their suite of communication tools helps you meet more people and make deeper connections. Finding your true love is one of life's greatest adventures. So discover why so many Christian singles find love at christianmingle.com slash going there. That's christianmingle.com slash going there. Well, it, it depends. If you're not a believer, you need to come to know Jesus. I mean, it doesn't mean that you have to be a Jesus follower to win the battle of your mind. You can read Dale Carnegie and get a jump start on having a more positive thought life. Anyone can. And I don't think that's a terrible idea. But the best way to take a step at this is to bring the shepherd into your story, which means to enter into a relationship with the shepherd by faith in Jesus. And when we do that, we get authority. And then we have the opportunity to exercise that authority. So when a thought comes, we don't just give it food and sustenance and shelter and say, well, welcome. You're here. You know, my family, we're all warriors. We've always been warriors. So I'm just going to let warriors sit at worry, sit at the table. When the thought comes, you investigate. And that's the thing that each one of us have to take ownership for. You can't blame this or pass this off. You've got to say, it's my mind. Right. It's my life, and I have to take stewardship for my mind in my life, and I have the authority in Christ to do that. And so I investigate this worry. I say this worry, where did you come from? 
And if the, the worry says back to me, well, I came from the heart of God, I go, no, you didn't because God isn't worried. You <laughs> must have come from the other end of the spectrum and come from down in the pit and you're trying to drag me down there with you. So I'm going to say no to you in Jesus name. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say yes to what my shepherd is saying right now. And he says the truth. And then you can go through the word of God and find whichever truth you need to counteract that particular lie. And then you make that your narrative. I'll tell you how it works. You're not going to make it. We talked about that a minute ago. So I write that down. That's the lie the enemy's trying to sell me today. Hey, you're going through this hard situation. You're not going to make it. And then above it, I write, God has brought me through every situation I've ever been through. That's the truth. And so I then just scratch out the lie and I circle the truth and I have a new narrative and I can be both authentic and transparent, which is the thing you get the most credit for right now in life. <laughs> but I can also speak the truth. Yeah. So when you take me to coffee and say, Louie, how's it going? And you know that Shelly's dad's going through cancer treatment. You know, we've had a certain situation in life that was hard. I'm not going to go, oh, life is great. I am blessed and highly favored, Bianca. Just going fantastic today. I'm going to say life is really hard right now. But you know what? God, he's going to bring us through. Mm. He has every time in the past, and I believe he's going to this time. And now I'm authentic and real, but I also just spoke the truth. You know, it's so beautiful about you and Shelly and how you guys lead. Literally, I was going to ask you the question. I was like, okay, this all sounds really great and good, but I want to know, Pastor Lee, when this happens to you, like, what do you hear? And you just took us there. You did. Your vulnerability, your transparency allows us to connect with. It's easy to kind of look at a pastor who's been leading for a number of years and built this great thing and think like, well, yeah, you already know what to do. You have the strategy. It's, it's easy for you. But hearing you really give us a seat at, the at your table. And it just feels like, well, if Pastor Louis is abiding by these things, he's applying these principles to his life. Like, this is what I want. Now, for those that don't know, the book came out by the time the podcast comes out, uh, the book will have come out about three months ago. And um, it is really good. Before the show started, I told you that I was almost done finishing the, and completing the entire book. But I am, I'm not just a fan. I really am an ardent applier to the principles that you're teaching us. One of the things that I loved is, okay, so everyone knows I'm a word nerd. I just want to camp out with my one-year Bible every morning. And it's like my favorite thing ever. I know that's not everyone's cup of tea, but whatever. Now you talk about the differences of tables. You take, speak about a table in Isaiah versus the table in Psalm, like take us and help us understand when the Bible refers to table, how are you classifying it and clarifying it? Well, the table is the relationship and the, it's good to visualize it. I think with this table that has a, a, you know, a bountiful spread on it of whatever makes you feel abundance is there. Mm. But for me, the table is about intimacy and yeah. my, my, my way of rhythm, uh, my rhythm with the Lord is about step by step. And I, I do my morning Bible study. I've got my soap partner. Uh, we're in Proverbs <laughs> right now. Wait, wait, wait. Somebody out there is like, wait, what is soap? Break it down. Exactly. SOAP, so come on. Scripture, observation, prayer, and application. So we are Such reading a, a proverb a day right now. <laughs> two verses in Proverbs will, uh, the chapter of the day will kind of rise to the top. And I'll circle that and I'll know God's speaking that into my life today. Here's the way he wants me to apply that today. I text that to my friend because he lives in a different state. 
And I'm getting a text back from him about what God's saying about that same chapter to him today. And that's just a rhythm of being in God's word and letting God's word be in me. But for me, I don't walk away from that moment and then switch into a different gear. Yeah, I'm with God in that moment, but that's only a, a small amount of time. Even if someone, someone said, I spend an hour a day in the word every morning, I'm like, okay, what do you do the rest of the 23 hours of the day? <laughs> I want to be in a relationship with Jesus yeah. all of the day. I want all of my thoughts that aren't tethered to a specifically focused event to drift back to my relationship with Jesus. So I want to invite him into the event. Hey, we're working on a meeting right now. I want to make sure you're involved in this because right. we want to do what you want to do. But as soon as I have free thought, I want those thoughts to drift back to him. So all through the day, we're doing life together because see, Jesus wants to go to work with you. He wants to hang out with you. He wants to be in the seams with you, not just in the devotional moment. And so that to me is the table. The table is an invitation to have a relationship with God Almighty, an intimate personal relationship with him in the best of days and the worst of days, in the high, highest height and the lowest low, that's the table. I love, I love this concept. I really, really do. So they, we do an evaluation of um, who is at our table. If we identify that the enemy is there, there are these lies that we can decide, wait a minute, is this the voice of the enemy? And then you've given this kind of like this playbook, a manual on how to fight against the enemy. But you mentioned in the book, create living thoughts. Can you kind of break that down? Because here's the thing. I, I, I do not bring people onto the podcast unless I read the book and unless I'm an ardent advocate of the book. And I just, I love, I love the book. I love you and Shelly. I love what you guys are about. But this concept really breathed life, especially for those that are kind of wrestling with the enemy's coming after our thoughts. The enemy's coming after our mind. Talk to us about creating living thoughts. We have the capacity. This is, the, this is key for everyone listening today. You have more power than you think. And that's one of the lies of the enemy. The, the, the enemy is constantly telling us, right? You don't have yeah. power. This isn't going to work for you. You're never going to break this habit. You're never going to change this way of life. Uh, this is the way your family was. This is the way your grandmother was. You know, crazy uncle so-and-so, and you're going to end up, you're, this is your family. This is your future. This is a lie. You have far more power than you think. In 66 days, you can change any habit and any thought pattern. That is not me talking. That's not Pastor Hype. That is a neuroscientist saying that in 66 days, if you think a positive thought, you will create a positive highway for that thought in your mind. You literally will create a new neuron pathway in your thinking. You have more power than you think. And a lot of times we'll go, I'm going to Orange Theory for the next 45 days and I'm <laughs> going to break it down every single day, but I can't stop worrying. It's like, oh yes, you can. If you can go to Orange Theory 45 yeah. days, then you can think a positive thought for 66 days and you can create a new highway in your mind. And to put that in spiritual terms, Paul, our brother in Philippians said, whatever is true, whatever's lovely, yeah. whatever's perfect, whatever's praiseworthy, whatever is of good report. Um, think about these Amen. things. And so I want to encourage people to think about it like a garden. And you got to uproot. You got to get rid of some stuff. You got to till the soil. But then it's up to you. What do you want to plant? And if you choose to plant the promise of God for your life, 
the character of God for your life, the word of God for your life in that soil, guess what? That's what you're going to mm -hmm. get to harvest in your life and in your children's life and in their children's life. And we have that power. We have the power to change the way we think. I think this is the perfect way to wrap up this conversation. I absolutely am loving the book. I love the conversation. I'm going to put a link in the show notes on how to get the book and then also a link to the YouTube message because it, it was powerful, powerful message. I just want to say thank you. Thank you for writing this book. It's a resource for those that really wrestle with the battlefield of the mind. And I just appreciate you, your time. Blessings over Passion City and you and Shelly and the team. I'm just grateful for you guys. And I can't wait for people to get their hands on this book. Well, I'm grateful to be on with you. You talk as fast as I want to talk. And so I loved that today. Thank you for allowing us. People don't have to listen at double speed to this podcast. They get, they're getting it at double speed like right now. But I just want to say um, favor, blessing, and a lot of wind in your sale and Matt's sale as you guys are leading California into the future um, and way to go serving people and loving people well through hard times. But now the doors are opening and the masks are off and the praises are being sung. And Amen. Bianca, I believe you guys are going to see more in 2021 than you lost in 2020. Oh, I love you. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you. I mean, come on, friends. This guy has a heart after God and a mind fighting for wisdom. If you want a copy of Pastor Louis's new book, Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table, I've got good news for you. As my love gift to you, I'm giving away five copies of the book for five lucky winners on Instagram and Facebook. Just tag at Louis Giglio, and that's G-I-G-L-I-O, and at Bianca Oltoff to be entered to win. I know our guests love knowing that their words made an impact, so show them some love online. As always, if you love the show, we'd love to hear from you. You can leave a review or share this podcast with your friends. Until next week, I'm sending you mad love. <laughs>